Hello all, welcome back to Musings of a Mystic. I know it's been a while, I completely abandoned you guys, but as I say, I always record when the spirit moves me, and I happen to be in one of my favorite cities in the world, San Francisco, and the spirit moved me to record with a like-minded individual, someone that I've known for a while, and um. I'm looking forward to doing this episode. I actually thought about it for a while. And I'm just going to allow him to introduce himself. We have Wade, <laughs> a.k.a. the positive big homie. Um, for those who don't know who Wade is, because, of course, Musings of a Mystic is an East Coast podcast. I'm currently in the West Coast. I'm going to just let Wade give a breakdown. How you doing, Wade? I'm doing real well. What's going on, Jack? What's um, up? What's going on, world, podcast world? I'm excited to be present and kind of share some moments with some like-minded individuals, as Josh said, and hopefully, you know, come across some gems as we break bread. Yes. And a toast with, um, I just put weight on to Panache, which is, as you know, your girl's kind of bougie, don't drink beer. The only time I drink beer is if it's mixed with 7-Up, so. And um, Panache, give me my coins if you hear this. Um, so, Wade, yeah. who is Wade to the world? Like, how did you, what's, because um, I know what you're doing. That's kind of what I want mm-hmm. to have you on here because it's very rarely that uh, young young people of color, especially young black men, get to see someone in, like, in a positive light and in such a role model as yourself. Like I know you work with the aspect of counseling and mental health. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to explain like the work that you do and just so people can understand how important it is to the community. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, yeah, my name is Wade King Gorman, and I am San Francisco native, born in the city. Um, I'm a Virgo. No, I'm just saying, I'm not going to go down that way. But <laughs> oh, this is that, this is that type oh, this of podcast. Is that so you can go ahead. You, he's definitely okay. a Virgo. I am definitely a Virgo inside and out. Um, and I'm also associate clinical social worker. Um, and my focuses are children, youth, and families. Um, and making sure that especially communities of color and marginal community communities from Asian Pacific Islander to the LGBT community, just kind of, I work in San Francisco, so we have a really diverse population, um, in which that I work with. So it's really just about providing access, um, equitable access and to service and supports for communities that aren't served. Okay. Wow, that's a mouthful. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a mouthful. So you do, um, what has been, um, what would you say, like, has been uh, the most interesting in this work? Like, what, what were some difficulties? What did you find interesting? For, what was, what did you, did you always know this is what you wanted to go into? Like, where did you, no. where did Wade get in his mind that, you know what, this is what I want, this is the field I want to go into as an adult? Like, where was, like, where did that idea form? Man, that's so funny that you say that. I had no idea this was my trajectory, but since birth, this has always been like where I was supposed to be now that I've been more mindful and aware of just like all the signs and how coincidences are coincidences. No but, such uh, thing as coincidences. No such thing made. as coincidences for Shelly. Um, but really, what got me on this path is just being a, a city kid, honestly. Um, Growing up in the city, especially in San Francisco at the time that I was a teen and an adolescent, there was a lot of uh, community violence going on. Um, And also San Francisco is a really progressive city in which um, during the Columbine shootings, there was a lot of federal funding that was given to schools um, 
for school officers, so like police officers within schools. And one thing I forgot to voice is I run a wellness center, so I'm a wellness coordinator at a high school currently in San Francisco in the southeast side um, called Burton High School, which is one of our last um, community of color feeder schools. So as you all know, San Francisco is really alive and thriving city because of Silicon Valley and things of that sort that a lot of our initial communities of color, black and Latino and Samoan and Pacific Islander have been displaced and pushed more centrally into California and kind of out in the sticks. So they've lost their spaces in San Francisco as San Francisco continues to be gentrified. Um, but with that said, once upon a time, there's a really big population in San Francisco and that was during my upbringing. Um, and yeah, it was a wild, wild west out here. And when that federal funding was given, um, San Francisco took a different route and actually, instead of going with school police or police officers, like what, which was being recommended after all that Columbining and mass shootings in school spaces, um, we went a different route and actually focused on the <clears throat> the focus on mental health. And so we got oh. social workers instead of police officers. And oh, that was pivotal. That, you hear so, that BPS, Boston Public Schools? That's what y'all should be doing. Go that ahead. part, that part, exactly. We don't need to criminalize. We need to really just actually, you know, provide actual clinical and mental health and supports that we really don't have enough talk about in our, talk about in our communities. But um, yeah, so my high school was one of the pilot high schools that had a social worker and, uh, Growing up, like I said, there was a lot going on, on and popping, and one of my close friends actually was shot uh, seven times in the back, um, and that did a lot to myself and a lot of my friends to where, you know, we just had... Um, Would you say PTSD? Oh, for certain, yeah. for surely. Like, we didn't know, we didn't know to diagnose, self-diagnose, but the, definitely feelings of, you know, hopelessness, feelings of, like anger and hostility and ready to just like seek revenge or just do things that weren't even in your nature like or shouldn't be in a teenager's nature so luckily my school being the school that it was we had a wellness center and that um is where the social worker was and i used to always be in the wellness center not really utilizing the supports for what they're actually meant for but it was because all the girls was in there <laughs> I get my hair redded in there. And you just come with an excuse and they kind of get you out of class. So all my childhood and upbringing, I was a finesse kid. I'm very charming. <laughs> and I always use that to my favor to just be a hallway roamer. If I can get out of class, I'm in, I'm in the streets with it. I'm in the hallways with it. Um, so I would just always end up in the wellness center. But once that happened, my partner who got shot, he actually attended the same school and was like a really big wrestler. Um, so the school heard about the whole incident and they actually provided myself and some of my other partners with um, social emotional support. So we actually got, uh, I got assigned to a social worker, the school social worker at the time for grievance counseling and um, just kind of processing all that took place. Um, and this was only like one of many things. So it was kind of like... So were you receptive to that? Like when you... Um when they assigned a so, because you know, I'm thinking about as a teenager, yeah. and then um, we don't like me. I know for sure. Like I had, I went through a phase where I had to have anger management. Like I mm -hmm. was assigned a counselor, mm -hmm. went through that whole one, two, three, ten step process. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say it worked somewhat, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't really open to it initially. Like to the counselor, I was very. Um, uh, defensive and was just like, all right, I guess I got. Let me just tolerate this bitch, just so I can finish this little, get this little certificate, mm -hmm. so I don't get suspended. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
like what like were you always receptive to this counselor or no, did the funny. girls in the wellness center help like not nah, facts it was it was everything they had snacks <laughs> it was a way to get out of class uh they were all nice um and at the time, you know, I really thanked this woman. I actually had a moment to thank her in recent time, like just this year, because um, it's, be, it's, it's become full circle that I'm now her in a space oh, wow. that in a city that I grew up in. So it's just like really manifest destiny, almost on some like real That's high power, co no coincidence shit like we was talking about. So um, it really had me. So, as your question, nah, not for real. It was like a middle-aged white woman. I was like, she didn't gonna understand me. Like, this ain't it. But, you know, just having a space to be able to, like, vent, kind of, like, process my emotions and really tend to who I was developing into or just have somebody, a safe space where it wasn't my partners, it wasn't my parents. It wasn't gonna get back to nobody. It was kind of just, like, some ears to throw some shit at, against, th throw it up against the wall kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, having that at an early age really kind of, like, Gave me a lot of different insight to like who I was as a young man, um, how I moved, how I maneuvered, like how did I kind of heal? How did I what 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 was healing? Because I think a lot of point in that time, like as I said, we we're teenagers. Like nobody really knows how to take that shit on. My parents didn't know how to take that shit on to help me with that. Like of course my dad was ready to air the whole city out. Ready, he ready to kill people. It's like. He, like, that's not a way either, you know? Like, so we 15, 15, 16 years old talking about, like, I want, I need a gun, like, just shit, like, just shit. It's not a natural conversation. So, like, being able to process that with somebody who had a clinical lens um, and was a safe adult, um, I think that was hella pivotal to have in my upbringing. Was I really thinking it was therapy? Nah, not for real. Like, I was kind of <laughs> just, like, talking to this lady, but... Um, I do think it's beautiful that you were able to like reconnect with the person initially and give her her flowers. I had to give her, I her really flowers. Believe, I like, had to give her her flowers. Giving people their flowers while they're still here. I think that's very important. That's something that me and um, my boy Sam talk a lot about. Shout out to Sam about being able to give people their flowers while they're here. So that's that part, beautiful. The that fact part. that you were able to do that. But I also want to backtrack a little bit, Wade, because yeah. I realized... I'm over here. I'm, I was just so excited mm -hmm. with, again, like I said, to just have a positive black man mm -hmm. in our age range, like mm -hmm. young um, and out here just being a role model for the youth that I think like a lot of millennials, some of us in communities didn't always have that, you know that what I'm part. saying? But I want to backtrack and um, kind of talk about how we met because watching yeah. you talk about, you know, the king of finesse yeah. and all that made yeah. me think about the person who always referred oh, to yeah, you as yeah. your twin, which twin um, a lot of y'all have heard me talk about while well, you hear it mm -hmm. most of the time because it, it's, and I just explained to you how it came full circle of how mm -hmm. I started this podcast was to deal with my grief with losing Aaron. So right. for those who don't know, um, Wade is Aaron's best friend since, how old were you guys? Nine years old. Nine years old. So it's yeah. funny. And um, when you said the king of finesse, because that yeah. was, he was another one that was that like part. a finesser. Yeah. And uh, even before I met you, Wade, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, Aaron being my college sweetheart, I would always have him tell me about San Francisco. I was always mm -hmm. fascinated by California. And what I remember, you were like one of the people that he constantly talked about and referred to as my twin. At first I was like, oh, you, you have a twin? Like He's like, nah, <laughs> but you know, like... If I was going to have a twin, it'd be Wade and stuff like that. And Damn. so just mentioning the 
the finesse and another finesser would be Aaron Spencer Hall, who was always trying to get even in college. Honestly, I can say like, I think he finessed his way into a relationship with me. <laughs> but one thing I've always loved, and again, like I said, wait about you guys was you guys is um bromance, like yeah. I call it, the friendship. Yeah. And even though like I'm in Boston and I'm one of those people that if you're someone I care about, I'll flick through your stories and look at everything. And one thing I've always noticed about you, Wade, is like you're such a positive, like literally you can't get on your page and see any type of negativity. And I think that <laughs> is welcome. just, it speaks to who you are, your, your spirit. And even like, like I said, I felt like I knew you before I met you because it spoke to um, you and Aaron's similarities mm-hmm. of being such people persons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um being so positive because like i said everything that you post i know you don't judge people by the idea but everything you post even the sh- when you're sharing your stories there's always little gems mm-hmm. but it's always positive and um and me being the person that loves a good bromance like i love seeing especially black male friendships mm-hmm. and it being nurtured and um so i want to ask you like what are the makings of a good bromance do you say Man, the makings of a good bromance. That's so funny. Um, <clears throat> I would say it really gets deep. Like, it's kind of, you kind of come at calling the question, like, who you have in your life, right? Like, I think a lot of times you are lucky to come across, like, you know, similar spirits. And I think it almost get deeper to, like, it get deeper to rap. It ain't just, like, just you as a person, but, like, people come on your path for reasons, like, and um, you either have a reason, like you come up in the same community. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's it's changing over time with technology. We can you know tap tap tapping with somebody in London, but like initially it was really just who was on your block, who mm-hmm. your parents knew. Like mm-hmm. so, it was it was like a really small pool? And if you met somebody outside of that pool, it's like really kind of cool. But um, but how do you develop it to where okay, you you met the person on the block, whatever, oh, whatever. Fact. Y'all now y'all become friends, buddies. But how, like, the levels of... Because honestly, I can say, Wade, like, I take my hat off to you because even with Aaron and Aaron's passing, you're someone who I see as, even now, still a consistent presence. Like, Mm -hmm. Nana was just talking about um, wanting to go to Boston next year. She was like, I bet you fast, Wade, he'd come with me. So I was just like, I just feel like you're someone who... You really make time for friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So how does it get to that point of now you're buddies, you've met your buddies? Yeah. What makes the bromance so deep? Because I feel like you and Aaron, y'all had a deep bromance. Yeah, yeah. And then even some of y'all other friendships that y'all, sh- like friends that y'all shared, it seems like that bond. You know, I see, pic- I'm going through pictures, I see yeah. pictures of y'all when y'all like were really little kids. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's interesting um, as men, as black men, mm-hmm. You don't always open up with your guy friends like that. So yeah. how, um, what, like, how do you, like, what, what's that process to get to that level of vulnerability where you're just yeah. completely honest with your guy friend, yeah. regardless of what might seem like, you know, guys have that whole thing, oh, hey, that's gay, or hey, yeah. That, yeah. but being open with, like, sharing your emotions and stuff. You know, as I look back at it in hindsight now, and, like, now that I have the verbiage and, like, have more of a greater outlook of, like, what is what, it's really just, like, trust being willing to and like vulnerability in a sense because i think bro we grew up together like we were finding we were little ass boys trying to find who we were in this big ass world like so there was a lot of like you know it was us versus them type shit and Mm -hmm. 
we really kind of created a brotherhood very early on. And I really speak to Aaron's regard because, like, bro was a part of, like, every milestone of my life. Wow. Damn. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I say that um, with joy, too, though, because it was pivotal um, to have, like, somebody who I could bounce my thoughts off. Like, bro, I have my best interests at heart and, I, and mind his. Um and just having that in a wild ass world where you can't really trust people or people come with like disingenuine like reasons or qualities mm -hmm. or shit that just ain't good. Like I found like good people in my circle. And when I realized like before I could name like that's a good person, I was kind of just like, but this really my nigga, like this really my brother for real. So keeping uh, people like that in your camp. But how do you know? Like, how do you how do you get there? I mean, I think it's tests. Like, I think life tests us all. Like, and when we get tested, we come to, like, find where shit is safe, where mm -hmm. shit is, like, stable. And, uh, you know, somebody gonna have your best interest at heart type shit. So, like, we've been through shit together. Like, um, and with that said, like, bruh never let me down. So, it was kind of like just being willing to be present. If it wasn't even had shit to do with you, like, bro was still willing to be present and willing to, like, take on the load that I personally was carrying and kind of looking for help or just looking for to bounce my thoughts off. Bro was always there, like, what's up? Like, how can I help you type shit? So that was a big, um, like, a big... Like red flag, be like, damn, this is like a good person. Well, a good flag, not a red flag. Green flag. Yeah, green flag. Uh, to be like, damn, this person has my best interests at heart, and it's like, it's love. Like, like when did you know? Okay, in this, in the, and I know it's getting like, I'm not trying to be a tearjerker, yeah, but it's stressing me. I'm yeah, I'm sorry, Ray. I'm sorry. I get, I get there too. Um, with Aaron, how did you know that that was somebody that you could completely drop your guard and? Because let me tell you, like, when when you say bro had your back, like, when I, his 24th birthday, when I flew you out to surprise him, mm. that, like, after you left, he was like, yo, this was the best birthday of my life. And I remember, that's when I fully understood y'all bond, because he really, like, after, you know, to me, it was like, oh, I'm getting girlfriend of the year. I flew him out, Thanks. flew you out, girlfriend surprised, year surprised Aaron and stuff like that. But then I thought, like, you know, that was it. And then he comes up to me. He was like, um, babe, do you mind if I'm... And that's how I knew, like, okay, y'all are really close. And that, that made me appreciate y'all friendship. Before. He's like, do you mind if... Uh, you stay on the couch and like, cause me and Wade got a lot of catching up to do and just let him like, and I was like, you gotta be out of your fucking mind. Like, are you kidding me? So you're putting me out of my own bedroom just so you and Wade can have like the whole thing. But I, you know, I, I love that. I've, I've always found it beautiful. And that made me, Aaron's love for you made me love you as a brother too, Wade. Right, like, right. honestly, cause it's, it's very rare. And, and you, like, and like I said, you were one of the constant presence yeah. in his life, no matter what. So my thing to you is like, what specific, you don't have to go too deep if you don't want to, because I don't want to take you there. Yeah. Was it when, like, what event with y'all friendship that it was like, all right, this is a lifelong friendship, like, you're stuck with me? Hmm. <laughs> you know what's hella funny? I would say it was, like, middle school, for real. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. Middle school, because, um, so Aaron, in this is, uh, from Lakeview, and Lakeview was a certain si a neighborhood that my school 
It was just there. It was everybody there was from Lakeview. So, and I'm not from Lakeview. I didn't grow up in. Well, I grew up in Lakeview, but I'm not from Lakeview. Um, so I went there to that middle school, and I remember Brad just knew everybody, and I knew the people who, who was from my side of town. So I was kind of clicked up with them. But it was a Lakeview school. So, mm-hmm. um, and I just remember, it, and I also a funny story is I played basketball for like high school and college for a little bit, but I never really like. But wanted to go to the NBA or nothing like that. Like I did that shit for my own reasons because the girls. I was always, I was hella girl girls. Girls was so. always there. girls getting out of school, getting out of class was the reasons, and all the homies was on the team. But anyway, um, so I was phony at hoops though. Like in middle school, I was. Oh yeah, terrible. he told me. He said I he was, was so confused trash. as to why you were so and you trash. Were, bro, I don't know. I just <laughs> didn't really play basketball like that. And I remember all the niggas was raw, and uh, there was a basketball court with like. Only good niggas would play, right? Mm-hmm. And Aaron was vicious, like, from the oh, jump. Yeah. Aaron was wrong hoops, like, very early on. And, uh, bruh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bruh picked me up. They was, like, picking teams, and bruh picked me. He's like, I got bruh. And I'm like, cool, right? <laughs> and mind you, though, I really cannot play basketball. Like, not oh, yeah, at, at this me. point in time, I could not. I went to a white-ass elementary school. We was playing <laughs> dodgeball. We was doing shit like that. So... You know what I'm saying, and uh, and so bro picked me on this team, and um, and I was just trash, and everybody was like, bro, who is this nigga? Like, bro, get him out of here, like, and then bro was still passing the ball, like, come on, bro, shoot the shit, like, shoot, like, so he was just gassing me, even though I knew I was cam. Cam means phony in the bag. Phony means not good. Sorry, I'm using a lot of right because a lot of us are like, what is he saying? A lot of Bay Area lingo. Excuse me, but uh. No, nah, that shit was comedy though. I was trash, but uh, and ever since that, it, we was locked in, and it was two pieces of the pot. And I also, uh, growing up, like I shared a room with my with my dad, so mm-hmm. that was mainly. So when we talk about like when I was at your house, like I lived at Aaron and my auntie Deborah house, like for majority of my adolescent time type shit. Like so, every, every adolescent experience you probably oh, part, you guys went through together. Hitting the weed. Losing my virginity. I did hella shit over there. That's like, hilarious. I just I recently found out that. that my cousin's, who's 21 now, his first time hitting the weed was with Aaron and he was 15. And he said all Aaron said when he passed the joint, I'm like, yo, don't tell your cousin. It's because <laughs> like, Aaron had older like, brothers. Wow. It was, they was teaching us very early on. I didn't have no older brothers. So his older brother or your older brother? That part, yes. That's, so the, the part about a bromance too, how do you know? Because that's something... That I explain to people when you go through like uh, enlightenment or a spirit, when you're going through a spiritual awakening, there's a lot of stock that you got to take with within. If you're in a relationship, you take stock with your love life. Are we growing or yeah. are we growing separately? Because, yeah. you know, me and Aaron's story, we grew together, then we grew apart. Mm-hmm. But however, we still maintained a bond. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing with, you know, with us. But um, even with friendships, you take yeah. stock of your friends. Are yeah. you, are you helping me grow? Are we pushing each other, or are you just dead weight? So how do you know in a friendship? Um, and it could be like, and I know with you, like a lot of your friends, I know you've had them for a while, like yeah, yeah, since yeah. y'all were kids, like you said. Yeah. So how do, have you had to let go, kind of of um, of a friendship that you consider that you valued at one point, that you and the person were close. That you realize it's no longer serving me. Have you ever had to do that? And then how do you know it's time to let go and separate yourself? Because mm. a lot of people get offended when, too, when you get to that point where you're taking stock and 
you separate yourself. Um, and, and sometimes there's no love loss. It's just yeah. Yeah. we're no longer in the same path. We're no longer in alignment. And that's um, okay. Yeah, yeah and, and that's I, okay. And a lot of people get offended by that, which yeah. I think it's interesting. But um, how, do you, how do you know? Like, okay, this is that way. It's time to let it go. I mean, for me and my own personal thing, I really just wanted to challenge who I was as a man. Like, who... And like you said, we talking about a lot of like from the from the aspect of men of color, like we have um, just as a community, people have been through a lot of shit. Like there's a lot of generational oppression, generational trauma, generational, a lot of shit that just in, impacts like our mental health, our outlook of how we look at life, trust, love, like a lot of key things that are um really imperative for your development like as a whole being type shit so mm-hmm. um when i started just being conscious of who i was as a person that kind of like set me on a trajectory of like naming shit and calling shit out of like who is who yes i know my who's around me type shit like you know what i mean like and that's a big process because i think you said like relationships are hard like a lot of people come into our lives and some don't stick some do and the ones that do like there's reasons for their like there's a reason why they are connected to you there's a reason why you hold a space in your heart for those people even if like y'all are totally different like night and day type shit you know um so it has to like out that has to outweigh like what i'm voicing because it's like if i'm trying to like heal my demons and like tend to my bullshit like i'm not trying to project my shit onto nobody i'm not trying to like be a toxic person within any any of my spaces or relationships. Um, I'm trying to take accountability. Things of these name, like real key names and words that are like imperative for a relationship to be healthy. That goes in my friendships as well as my like partner relationships. Mm -hmm. And like there comes a time where you just, well, I mean, it's not for everybody. It takes work to, you know, become more self-aware, to become more conscious of, like, healthy relationships, toxic habits, toxic traits, like your own bullshit that you do and don't want to name or take take accountability for. Um, so it's like where you want to get off the roller coaster type shit. But yeah. I'm not trying to get off half-built or underdeveloped. Like, that's not my goal in my life's journey is to, like, really be at peace with myself um and with that be able to be like fully present for other people and the ones that i love and care about and if you kind of not on that timeline you automatically gonna like not feel comfortable Mm -hmm. being in my space so i Mm -hmm. felt that time and time again because my conversation has changed like like you said like i'm not trying to i don't care about nobody talking shit like bro i don't care like i don't hold space for that no more for my my communication within my circle so if you're doing fraud shit or if you're moving where it's gonna like Cause I disturb the peace. It's disturbed the peace and also disturbed like who I am as a person. Cause like yeah, we all do wild shit and we do shit that we know isn't good or we do shit that we shouldn't really be doing. But that's all a part of your development. But if you're able to name it and like surpass it and move on from that, that's where it gets pivotal. And that's where I'm trying to name for myself like how the trajectory I'm trying to take. Like so. Do you think you were already on that journey and um like do you think you've already been on that journey and um or do you think with this pandemic, you know, Rona oh, just man. came around and shut the whole world down. 
you think that a lot of that magnified it like the the coronavirus Ooh. magnified your where you had to take stock and look at your relationships and with people oh, and yeah. you think I like, mean it was way before it was before the pandemic mm-hmm. but the pandemic put a magnifying glass on it and definitely expedited a lot of shit like um and just really kind of highlighted a lot of things but nah for me it was only it was already in my it was because I left my whole circle when I was 18 like I had like I had to get up out of here so I got up out of here and I went to San Diego where I didn't know nobody so just that alone like leaving your neighborhood leaving where you grew up leaving all that's comfortable leaving all that's safe like does a lot for a person's outlook on shit like Mm -hmm. So when I came back to the Bay, I was already thinking way differently because I had lived in San Diego. I had lived in L.A. It wasn't a group click mindset. It was me and just me fending for myself. So that now, was... Were you, were you... So I have a question for you that's interesting because I feel like I did the same. Mm-hmm. I you know, grew up in Boston when it was time to go to school. I just knew I have a strict ass father. Mm-hmm. So that was my main motive. Yeah. I was like, I need to get the, like, although I left my father's house, I've been on my own since I was 17. Yeah. But my dad's hands was still there. Like, you know, and my dad's a Virgo. And I'm sorry to say it this way. Y'all Virgos are control freaks, okay? Y'all That's like a stuff a certain way. And, and it's, what's interesting is I'm surrounded by Virgos in my life. My dad's a Virgo. Most of my f- bestest friends are Virgos. Mm-hmm. Two actually have birthday on the same day mm-hmm. um and it's like virgo virgo Vogue. And one thing about y'all like y'all like y'all things what this way mm-hmm. and it's and if it's not for example my father's the type if he tells you to do something you go you do it you get it done you complete mm-hmm. the mission but he'll be pissed because you didn't do it exactly how he visualized for it to go like mm-hmm. because you didn't do it how he wanted it like the steps that he would take is mm-hmm. like so that's like the over the perfectionist in y'all and yeah. um that was one of my main decisions. Like, I need to get the hell out of here. I need to get as far away from a milker as possible. So that's how I ended up at Wilberforce. Um, but I did notice, and my high school te- counselor actually told me one time, she, she was like, Jamila, you're going to go? You're going to come back? You're going to notice a big difference between you who left and went to school, between you, your friends who stayed and went to school here, and between those who stayed and didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. So what were, like, what, was that something you experienced? Oh, yeah. Where you noticed? And how was that? Like, how how... What did you notice? How did that make you feel? And, um, like, you know, what, what, what were some of the stuff you dealt with going to college and coming back and then realizing, like, you had this whole experience that some of your friends did? Um, I think it really was challenging me to be my own man um, because it wasn't a click mentality. Like, I think a lot developmentally through middle school and high school, you really... Your main, you know, human behavior says like your emphasis is to like be accepted, to be have a sense of membership to a community. Um, And I was big on that. I was very influential and I was around a lot of cool motherfuckers, like cool players and people and get money niggas. Like just a lot of people who was very influential on me. And um, and that was all a part of my my whole journey. Right. Do you think how they treated you? Was it more of a. Because I have some friends that had friends that were like, oh, you think you're better than us because you went to college? Like, so, or was it more of a, like, they embraced you because you took that step and left the city? Oh, see, that's different. I mean, there's levels to friendships, but all the people who was around me was, I had 10 niggas pull up to my graduation ceremony, and I, wow. I shouted them out. I didn't even shout my grad school out because that was so imperative to me to see, like, people would, like, Cause that don't, that's not that's not common. I got a master's degree too, so it's like kudos to you, educated black now. man over come here. On come now. on now, come on now. <laughs> um, and with that said, like 
that was one of four, one of six black people in the program of eighty. Wow. So it kind of just shows, like, and to have all my all my dogs present was just like that was a pivotal ass moment to real like, bro. Everybody just like, bro. The people who I have now, like the ones who would will be shaky at my success or accomplishment, have already kind of dwindled away just because the world does that. Like that didn't have to, no, no, nothing need to happen type mm-hmm. shit. It just. I don't know, man. Energies is oil and water because that's not any type of shit that I'm on. So it's just like. So what? So with that said, like, what season of life are you in right now? If you had to, if this was a movie or a play, mm-hmm. what would you call or a book? What would you call this chapter of your life? What season? This is the rewrite. The rewrite. The rewrite. Um, I think you hit it on your head. Like you, you said it in the beginning. Um, and when I say the rewrite, I mean like. A lot of shit just don't fit no more. Like, a lot of shoes don't fit no more. And I think as you continue this journey to, you know, find sense of self and, like, your true authentic self, like, you question, you cause, you you challenge a lot of teachings that you are brought up from your community, your parents, school, just environment, um, relationships. Like, like it or not, every experience that you've had has kind of shaped your outlook on relationships friendships, trust, mistrust, loyalty, you know, a sense of belonging, all that shit. And um, right now I'm just like so aware and I can name shit and I'm not scared to like be call a spade a spade or be like, bro, like you really don't have my best interest. Like I'm not scared to say that no more. So you really are like out here taking accountability and holding others accountable. Yeah. And I think that alone has kind of like like I said, like the people who are on that same type of time are going to align and the ones who are, are kind of going to create space because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when I say like, bro, you shouldn't have did that. Like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Or if that's the relationship that we have. And a lot of the ones that I keep close to me now is like, They're able it's to have full transparency. And we're going to talk like, bro, like, I didn't like how you did that. You didn't. I didn't. This is how this made me feel type shit. Mm-hmm. Like we. We, I love know, that we got because that's just all. Communication. That's all I want for black men in the world. Because you know, not even just and just people, people. like, like I women love- communicate, like because that's where shit go all wrong every time. Like motherfuckers ain't mind readers, and when you just have something on your mind for so long, the shit just becomes toxic and it festers. And it just becomes cancerous and it turns into shit that isn't even, wasn't even the original root. You just got to even just like a hate. You just build resentment. Resentment. Like name all them names, right? Because we know what they are. We just don't want to name them. Because then once you. Once you name them, you got to address them. If it's up, it's stuck. Yeah. Um, So with that being said, when, it sounds like you've been pushing over a lot of boundaries already, but I have like a few questions and Mm -hmm. then we're going to try to wrap this up. But when did you last push the boundaries of your comfort zone? Hmm. And what was like, what did you do? Um, shit, I would say just recently taking on more, I took on a more responsible role. Like I am now, I now coordinate, I'm the wellness coordinator. So now I, um, I'm responsible for more people than myself. So initially, I was just a social worker. So I had a caseload of a certain amount of students. Um, I ran a few peer support groups. Um, but now, there's just been, like I said, some manifest destiny shit. Like how I started this off is I was a wellness center kid. And that got me on this trajectory to be like 
interested in social emotional like all that kind of stuff social work and community and psychology and things of that sort and now i actually am running the space that i grew up in so at a different school site and um it's just hella big and it's like some manifest destiny it's going to be way more work um because now i oversee like a clinic and a nurse and three clinicians and three interns and a whole bunch of shit but it's kind of like now my baby and i'm the hnic so i'm juice i know that's right (laughs) so now so you being in the position you are now wade Mm -hmm. what would you tell high school wade knowing everything everything you've experienced now all the boundaries you've pushed um, let's not let's not forget people if you don't know Wade is also like a traveler that's another thing that I love about you that you go out like to different countries yes, yes. and you like fully immerse yourself so yes. um, having Best traveled experience. being well traveled having gone and gotten you know having a masters that's not a small feat um, if going back what, 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 what one thing that you would advise young Wade knowing all you know now um, I would say just double down on yourself like I think for me personally, I was very impressionable and I, I gave a lot of weight to people outside of myself. Like, mm-hmm. and I think in turn personally at where I'm at now, um, I've done well, my, I've done well, I would say for my life. Like, no, give yourself, I, no, catch yeah, yourself up sure. weight. Like, no, yes, sure. yeah, yeah, no, you've done like amazing. Like I've, you're amazing. I've done well, yeah. And I'm proud of that. And I think, um, but I realized like a lot of that. Or a lot of things that I was looking for was external validation and not internal validation. And I think like it gets deep in the rap for me, like we ending this shit. But for me personally, like that's a lot. I put a lot of eggs in that basket of like trying to seek praise from outside of myself. So um, now I'm just way more mindful of that. So I think I would tell myself like, bro, just believe in what you got going and like don't do it for nobody else but yourself. I like that. I like yeah. that. So now, um, we're good. before we wrap up, I just have like two more small questions for you. But um, what's another thing about similarities between you and Aaron a lot, I think, is just you guys were just, Aaron was a very kind soul. And I mm-hmm. see that same um, uh, quality in you. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, like, he, I knew you had to have been like such a aura because Aaron talked about you and um how much you valued your friendship all the time like i said i felt like i knew you before i met you <laughs> and um you and a few other people and uh so what small act of kindness were you once shown that um you will or you have never forgotten a small act of kindness like what's one thing somebody they didn't you, they didn't really have to but they did and it just stuck with you Hmm. No, my questions are like <laughs> I say thoroughly get deep. Yeah, that one get deep <laughs> for sure. Um, I'll say an act of kindness. That till this day you remember, you like it could be someone or like man, like I remember when, you know, it was one small act of kindness. That may have been that was big to you, but to mm-hmm. that person was like you know it's just an act of kindness. Damn, it's not like a specific act, but I just mm-hmm. recall like a lot of the people who I have in my life now, like like I said, it was going down out here and I wasn't I tried to be a gangster for like two weeks. <laughs> you know, shit did not work out. I can't even 
to that see shit that did not work out fast <laughs> at all. It went terrible. But I was like, it was like a lot of wolves out here type shit growing up. And so I was around a lot of people who kind of like, when it was like really impressionable to like push people and peer pressure them into doing things that they know wasn't good. Like I had people who was really out there living that life and around me but it's new like i wasn't on type that type of time it would always spare me like when it was like some high school shit to be like bro do you bro the gun or like and be like nah bro would be like nah bro like don't do that like and not on like no bro no you square like not to like make fun of me or like talk down on me but like really know like and i'd be talking to them now and i'd be giving them their roses and they'd be like bro i always knew you was like meant for so much bigger than this type shit and niggas done did time like and it's crazy how I see like they chose that life for themselves, but they know like it's it's they protected you. From they protected me from it in a sense, and I was just like that's one thing that I'm like it's a few people I got in my mind right now that I'm like really grateful for, and I tell them I give them their roses to this day. Like thank you, bro, because you really like. Yeah, Aaron used to say he's like, man, Wade knows so many people. Wade could be mayor of San Francisco. Uh-huh. <laughs> he could run. He's like if he ran, he'd win. Exactly. Um, so both of me, twenty twenty two. I mean, shit, for real, like, consider it. Um, so what's on your upside down bucket list? Like, what's some of your, pro- what, what's something you've accomplished that you're very proud of? And, w- and then what's next for you mm. as a, at HNIC at a wellness center? Yeah. Um, I'm just proud of where just being in this present moment. Like, um, it was a turbulent ass year. There was some trials and tribulations Ooh, where I was. We talk about all this positivity. My shit was rocked. And I was questioning because I was questioning all that positive shit I've been talking about. But really, really holding down to my beliefs and my, you know, my practices of self-care and tending to myself and like really trying to process and heal shit that I was going through in my own personal life was like what I'm most proud of now. Because I feel like it, it got dark for a minute for me. Like it got dark and I felt like it was getting dark. So it's just like. I see the light again. So I'm just like juiced about that. And I feel really proud that I've done the work because some niggas don't leave that space. Some mm-hmm. some people will just live miserably till they're 70 that's and crazy. Yeah, that's not true. deal with their trauma. They, they whatever, yeah. whatever went on. Like if you don't take it on firsthand and go th- through them Joneses and sit in the space and kind of separate yourself so you can really kind of deal and heal with the shit you was sitting and festering wherever you got it in your body. Like, when you come up out of that shit, you feel like, bro, I'm ready to take on whatever because yeah. I just made it out some shit that nigga, the world didn't even know. Like, you would never, the world don't right. know. Right, like I, I said, I, and, and, and for you to right. sit here and say that, like, you would never know. Because nah, again, like right. I said, you, I mean, you what you put out to the world is yeah. just light and love and, yeah. and positivity. Yeah. Um, and then with that being said, what's your favorite self-care activity? My favorite self-care activity is definitely oh, something I want to thank my mom for. She, When I was younger, she would always take me out to like, you know, we live in the Bay. So we all by surrounded by water. Um, so just like getting by water, getting outside in nature, you feel me? Get come with my little fire playlist, you know, maybe I might have some libation, some of this. Next time I'm around, what do you have? You cook some potache. I'm putting my pot on some potache, um, and just getting in some outside like nature yeah. vibes, air, vitamin D, and kind of fill my cup back up that way. So, what's next? and what's next for Wade? 
the positive big homie. What is next? Wait, I am. What's your, like, with your being the HNIC now mm -hmm. and, um, like, what, what do you, what are your goals? Because I always see you work with youth. Mm -hmm. Like, always, and it, that's, I truly see the passion in you with do, doing yeah. that. Like, even when you share, like, how you go all out. When I think you were, like, a preschool teacher, how you went all out mm -hmm, with dressing mm -hmm, like somebody, mm -hmm, like a granny for Halloween. Yeah, like, yeah. you really go 100% with kids. Facts. So, what's next for you? And, like, is that something you want to do with always making sure you're working towards something where it's yeah. being a positive role model for you? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the things that I'm going for next are... Like I said, taking on this role as the wellness coordinator, so running a space and really making this space like tailored to like the kids that I'm working with. So I mm -hmm. work with a lot of Samoans, I work with a lot of black and brown, a lot of newcomer pathway youth from Honduras, from mm -hmm. and really just trying to like, you know, bring that diversity into the space so people feel welcomed and they feel a little bit of their self because I think the biggest part of like knowing who you are is like that cultural identity piece. So mm -hmm. like a piece and if you can just, you know, highlight a little soleus or like feel mm -hmm. me just a little little smidgen from their hood or their home or they try their community, whatever it is to feel that's like my biggest aim for right now. And also outside of that I'm working towards my clinical license so that I can be a therapist so that I can really oh, do this right. and that's get these, what's up. Yes, get these uh get around these tables. Because I'm just trying to get more and more doors where we've been systemic barriers have not let us be. But yes, I've I that's right. been busting these motherfuckers down. So I'm going to keep it lit and bust this next one down and be a young therapist and start a adventure-based therapy for um, children and youth. And maybe even consider some kind of family therapy, too. Oh, that's um, dope. That's dope. And you also just told me some shit. I'm trying to get some more kind of so talking more about these spaces and having more conversations of such. So I definitely think if there's anybody that should have a podcast, and trust me, it took me forever to get mine going. Like, shout out to all my podcasting friends, podcasting community that definitely pushed me to do it. Um, Wade, I think you definitely should. That's just another avenue where you can influence the youth or anybody who needs help really and really put your education to use and stuff like that and it's yeah. always i think it's always good when you're able to connect to somebody who looks like you like even in therapy now Ooh. like i'm currently trying to find Terrible. a new therapist because i just want someone who yeah could relate culturally and then looks like me and yeah, stuff like get that. it a little bit right but yeah i appreciate you so much for sitting down with me of course um i'm so excited i low-key wish you lived in boston because i feel like <laughs> i just think about like so many people that I could connect you with, that would be amazing. Um, but before we leave, tell the people where they could find you. Okay. They have questions and stuff like that. No, nah, for sure. Um, your IG handle. Um, I unfortunately don't have none but an IG right now, but y'all can go ahead and tap in there. Um, and it's at, wait a minute, W-A-D-E-E-A-M-I-N-U-T-E. -E -E. Wait a minute. Uh, Instagram. And then... So. Um, this is something new I'm trying because, as you know, I've abandoned my viewers for quite some time. So you're like my boom, like a back <laughs> episode. Um, I'm I read a lot of books, okay. so I always I'm always recommending books to people. Okay. Um, one of my favorite books that I continuously recommend people is The Way of the Superior Man. Again, like I, I said, I just bought that. Really? Oh, you're gonna love it, Wade. Please yeah, text me when you read it. At uh, Nice and Neat July. For real, they Duke. recommended it. For, yo, yeah, my first of all, Nice and Neat podcast. I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but 
oh my god when i tell you i love a good bromance that's another bromance that i'm like oh my god it's amazing like um it's a new podcast it's nothing but positivity too mm-hmm. and again like i love seeing black young black professional mm-hmm. successful young men in these spaces and yes, having sir. the difficult conversations that normally as black men you don't see that often so that shout out to nice and neat podcast if you ever hear this <laughs> um and um yes the way of the superior man a great book and what, what's another book that you've read that you kind of would recommend to someone that's in the trenches right now and seeing mm. like they're not really seeing the light and but they're in it and they're going through it. Like, what would you say to them? And then what's a book recommendation? Visions for Black Men mm. is a really good one. Oh, um, I like that one. I've never heard of that one. I think his name is Akbar. I can't remember the name, but um, Visions for Black. Men. I'm not the biggest reader. I didn't have to do that for so some. Do you do school. audiobook? You know, I have had to do that for someone in school that I don't want to pick up a book ever type shit. But those books really are something that I couldn't put down. So um, for the ones who, I don't know, have a little interest about psychology, sense of self, consciousness and awareness, that'd be a book for you for sure. All right. Thank you, Wade. It's been great as always. And um, thank you guys for tuning in. My apologies for such a delay between episodes. I promise you it's going to be more content and I'm going to be more consistent. And see y'all next time. I'm Jamila, a.k.a. Mystic Wildchild. This is Musings of a Mystic. Thank you.